right, you guys, welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I have to tell you, I am very honored to introduce to you Rachna Hukmani, and I am excited to share with you this very unique woman and her very unique business. I first heard about Rachna at the Rise Retreat. I work with Kayla Jetta, and we get to work with women all over the world. And Rachna is actually the first South Asian woman to start a whiskey company and has been working with whiskey for over 12 years. She's helped design whiskeys like the uh oh, I'm gonna do this. The match the the <laughs> say it again. <laughs> the McAllen twelve. The McAllen twelve double cast, the McAllen luxury editions, Highland Park Magnus, and more. Whiskey is not just her passion, it's an art form for her. And she is also the founder of Whiskey Stories. And Whiskey Stories is a Michelin guide recommended luxury, immersive, multi-sensory whiskey experience company where whiskeys are paired with food and stories and all and the first of its kind, a whiskey-based unisex cologne and more. She is so dynamic. I listened to her share about her passion and her purpose and her company, and I literally uh, looked her up and messaged her and like, can I have you on the podcast? Can I, can I have you talk to our people? So Thank you. I'm done raving. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> thank you for having me and thank you for raving. You know, I uh, I may have to listen to this every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pretty good hype girl, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so um, I could not wait to have you on the podcast just because your story is so unique and so is like your passion and your message. So just tell us a little bit about what you do so we can get a, a really like this is not my world. As, as you can tell, I can't even read the whiskeys, right? So if you could tell us a little bit about the world first and, and what you do with it. Sure. So, um, you know, firstly, thank you for that beautiful intro. And part of that, what you had said, and just to build off of on that was that, you know, I've been working with whiskey for a while. Mm -hmm. And I started Whiskey Stories about six years ago. I've been full time with it for the past three years, because, you know, before I went full time, I used to help design whiskeys. So some of the ones that you mentioned, like the McAllen 12 double cask, I helped design part of the team to design the liquid. I'm also a writer, so the backstory is behind it, you know. And overall, spending so much time working with whiskey, I felt that, one, there were a lot of untold stories about women in whiskey that a lot of people weren't aware of. That's one. And secondly, you know, when people go to whiskey tastings, a lot of information is shared up front, and that's great. But they don't actually understand the different nuances that we're talking about. You know, whiskeys are made out of grain. What does it mean when you're tasting the grain? Most of the flavor comes from a barrel. What does that mean? You know, what happens when you're tasting American oak versus Spanish oak? And then water is the main ingredient in whiskey. What happens when you change the water source, the climate? An Indian whiskey tends to taste very different from a Japanese versus an American whiskey, you know? So... I wanted to create something that allows people to be really present with their whiskey, but in a fun way. Because I'm also um, a storyteller, a stand-up comic actor on the side, and I wanted to combine that. So I use things that people are familiar with, like food, flavor, fragrance. I have my own line of whiskey-based colognes. And stories, which are scripted in a funny way with the actors... And they also um, add their own improvised characters and stories into it to create this very cohesive, 
holistic experience that allows people to really understand whiskey and kind of takes the pressure off a little bit because mm-hmm. they're also having fun. You know, at the back end, it's very nerdy. Even the, the performances, because <laughs> I have a sensory science background, it's attached with mnemonic devices, words, emotions that allow you to open your mind, thereby opening your palate. But you're just having fun. So it's almost also a way of just letting go and connecting with people in a different way. So you're creating your own whiskey series. So that's why whiskey series is very big for special occasions, because you remember it as a very special occasion that you shared with your loved ones. Mm. Oh my gosh. Thanks for sharing that. Like I, now I remember, like, I know I want to have you on this podcast. It's just so, <laughs> the word that was kind of coming to me as you were sharing was complex, but you have such a finesse to the way that you speak about it, that it doesn't, I don't feel overwhelmed listening. You know what I mean? Because there's so many facets and so many perspectives and and the nuances to it. It's just so beautiful. But um, I was really connected to that neurological type of piece that you were pointing at where it's like, the way that opening our minds open opens our palates and opens our hearts to receiving and remembering and kind of like internalizing the story. And so um, how on earth did you get into all of this? <laughs> Great question. You know, um, the beauty of creating something of your own is you get to fine tune it as you go along mm-hmm. and you get to evolve it to where you want to be, you know? And so I've taken principles from different areas. You know, obviously, as you talked about me, you know, whiskey is an art form to me. And it's seeped in history in the world. And it has part science, part art attached to it. So I wanted to showcase that. It's my passion. It's my life's calling. And as part of that also, you know, some of my mentors in the comedy world had said, how do you want to be remembered? So that's something we do in stand-up comedy as well, is what is that persona you want? Mm. You know, do you want to take the easy route and and do the lowbrow humor, or do you want to be authentic to you and come up with the stories and make me unique? Mm. And so, you know, having been born in the Middle East, grown up in a Greek island, moving to the U.S., you know, that's a unique experience. And being Indian, um, No one else can do that. So how can I use that, right? And I was very lucky living in a lot of different countries to understand what flavor, fragrance means to people. You know, it means stories. It means memories. It means emotions, you know. And so I use all of that. And actually, teachers use this for kids. They use all these things to help them. But as we go along, somewhere along the line, we lose that we lose that full immersion into things. And I wanted to kind of bring that back into it, which is why our, our venue is designed like a vintage dollhouse. It gives you permission to play with whiskey and not be so bogged down with the technicalities. And people are always fascinated with how much they remember from a whiskey stories because I seep it in stories and do that, you know? So, All of these are things that we all know, but we kind of forget them along the way. Like we've been deciphering food since we were a baby. We've been deciphering fragrance our whole lives. We've been associating emotions with stories, memories, and I use all that. So that's why people feel comfortable because I'm using things they're familiar with to guide them with something that they're not, which is whiskey. Mm. 
<clears throat> I might like to, again, just rave and, and fangirl this whole call because <laughs> you're, I'm having a sensory experience just listening to you talk, right? And Thank you're you. not even telling a story, but you're really connecting us to that experience. And um, like, I have a million questions and I have to just like pause the interview and be like, where's your venue? And can people go there? <laughs> yes, they can. Uh, we have a specific venue. People can go there. We can send over the information of our address. We're in Brooklyn. And cool. if you're not in Brooklyn, New York City, um, we also run our own virtual experiences where we send you our in-home multi-sensory kits. Wonderful. So we can do that as well, you know. And so, yes, you can experience all of those. And we also have our whiskey-based colognes available for purchase. So if you're not a drinker, but you want to see the storytelling with the cologne, you can mm. just experience that. Yes, that's wonderful. I have actually been sober since February. And so the cologne line would be something that would I would be certainly interested yes. in. So I, I love that you have multifaceted aspects. So thank you, because that's how everyone can, whether they go to you or they, it comes to them, they get that experience. And then I heard you say something around fine-tuning your passion, right? It started with stand-up. It started with you know, kind of what I was hearing was stepping into your authentic identity, being you, right? And and what a unique career that you have set up in being exactly who you are and accentuating every point of that. What did that take? I, you know, you, you mentioned the stand-up comedy, but like, what did that take for you to get where you are? Sometimes, you know, um, it takes a heartbreak or a tragedy or trauma in your life to really take a step back. So six years ago, my dad passed away, you know, and I had gotten so bogged down with things like, you know, a job. I'm not, I wasn't an American citizen. I didn't grow up in the U.S. And I was constantly thinking about, I have to make sure I'm secure and I can stay in this country, you know? And so those things were kind of taking over that I kind of just, I had stopped writing. I had stopped doing all those things. And Six years ago, I lost my dad and I didn't get to say goodbye to him. So I felt incomplete. I felt like there was things that I wanted to get out there. And I, the way I found to heal was to start writing stories. And I went back to writing, you know, about him and the funny upbringing. And it brought out in me the love of storytelling. And I realized, oh, I really, this is who I am, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um... Whiskey was something that I kind of fell into symbolically. And then I realized that I loved the history behind it. So I didn't start off by saying, okay, I'm going to use my story. I'm going to use whiskey. Yeah. I started off by saying, um, you know, I went to this brainstorming session. Um, it's called Big Idea Lab. And it's run by one of my friends, uh, Marina Romanoshko. And she helps you break down your goals into to-do tasks mm. so you can, it doesn't seem too overwhelming. So right. it started there, you know. And so at that point, I was working a full-time job in whiskey. I was, I started an improv comedy and I then switched to writing to perform like stand-up and sketch and, and all of that. And so I was doing all these different things just to understand myself better. Mm. Um, and writing, you know, as a way to heal and all of that kind of paved the path as I went along mm -hmm. to what Whiskey Stories is today, you know? And so 
What I mean by the fine tuning part is you're not going to know this unless it's out of your head and you're not going to get it perfect the first time around. You know, I started with whiskey stories in my home, just doing it with friends and it was too technical in the beginning because that's how everybody did it, you know, and I evolved it as I went along. So you get clarity by doing. Mm. And so at every step of the way, I asked myself, what is it I want to communicate? How is this authentically me and not just doing what other people are doing? And that happens with time. Because mm-hmm. as we evolve, our frame of reference evolves as well. Mm. So, so beautiful. And thank you for sharing about your dad and, and your experience and what's led you here. I, it was giving me goosebumps. And, you know, it, 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 it can be pretty unfortunate that it, that it takes that. Sometimes it takes a death or a, a job loss or just a tragedy or a divorce or something. But ultimately, I think that we get pretty comfortable or pretty distracted by things until we are reminded that life is short and, and, you know, speak when you can and say what you can and, you know, all of that. And so just thanks for represencing such a valuable life lesson. You added, you sprinkled in so many more, like the one that really stuck out was like, you get clarity by doing, right? Like you just kept, and then um, something that landed over here is like, in search, you found who you are. And I mean, it makes perfect sense, but I don't think a a lot of us aren't inclined to just start that journey until we're kind of jolted or thrust Mm -hmm. that journey. And, and something you were even saying in, in the last response was about like remembering. I was very present to, as you were sharing, like I was experiencing you remembering who you are and like your most authentic self. And what would you say about that now, like having gone through this journey for the last 12 years? You know, it's, it's an interesting one because um, I think this is this, a lot of different types of people can relate to it, being a person of color, being a woman, you know, being a minority business owner and all of that, you know, is that we, at every step of the way, there are things to stop us from being, a certain way, you know, and so it all depends on how you want to look at it. Sometimes I do believe that sometimes people who underestimate you give you a gift because the, if you're willing to, to look at that contrast and see what you really are, it can allow you to start to think about, well, what makes me tick? And if it's very, we are, you know, we are our biggest critic, right? And that's a cliched statement, I know, but it's true that we always think, well, no, no, don't do this or don't do that, you know? And we get so used to doing it at a certain age, fairly early on, that we don't even realize that we do it, you know? And that inner voice is there to constantly keep us safe and not take those chances. And there's nothing wrong with that, but if we can... You know, one of my mentors, um, she says, if you can treat that voice like an, a child that you have to show empathy for, but then just sit with that and see and see them as like a separate person, as your duality, mm-hmm. then you can start to think about, well, what is it that I really want? Mm-hmm. And it's and I don't get it perfect all the time, and I and I hope I don't because I hope to always be learning. But, you know, living in that duality sometimes is kind of interesting because there's like the the part of you, whatever you want to call it, like your brain, your ego, whatever you want to call it, the side that 
sees what's been done before and says, okay, this is a safe path. And then there's a part of you that wants to <laughs> jump off the cliff and look later. Yeah. And but those both of those coexist in us. And if we can learn to live with both, we can see what it means to be us and feel good about it, you know? Yeah, I love that answer conceptually. And then how, because I am certain that what you're sharing is resonating with people, like they can sense both the parts of themselves. And what have you had to give up? Like, what would you say to someone who's in that phase of like sensing, but not stepping? That's a great question. You know, first I'll say in all vulnerability, it can happen daily or hourly. Yeah. I've had moments where it's not like, you know, people think that, and I'm guilty of this too, I'll do this. Again, this is not a new thought. Mm. And then I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. I'll do this and then I'll feel okay. And then there's the other school of thought is you can't get to there from the fear over here, right? And so to move past the fear, however little bit of action that it takes, which is why Big Idea Lab is where I started because she would, Marina would break it down and say, send five emails you know, do this, reach out to someone, you know, let's say you reach out to someone to make a connection. If they don't reach out to you, you're not any worse off than you were. What's the worst that can happen? And that's an improv thing. I, I, you know, doing improv, that was one of the things one of my teachers would say, ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? I love that. You know, you know, and so thank you. And, And I believe that thinking of those things allows us to decide that what is my next step. And, you know, I really do believe that um, you're not going to get it perfect the first time around. So it's okay. As long as you ask yourself, how do I want to be remembered as you go through it? It's great. Um, One of the analogies I like to use is, you know, we all have that photograph of ourselves from the past where we look at it and say, what was I thinking with that haircut and that outfit? Yeah. And that's a good analogy is, is as we're growing up, we're so, we're, we fine tune the way we look and we evolve by doing and trying things. And I know it's easier to do that with an outfit or a hairstyle than your career. But if we can look at it like that and think about, okay, how do I evolve that? Almost like we did with our hairstyle and our outfits, it can be easier. Yes. That answer is, it, there's a theme to that, or there's a repetition to that is like evolve by trial. You said it a little earlier, a different way. And, and I just, I'm so glad that it keeps coming through because we expect like some of those tips you just said is like, stop expecting perfection or to get it right the first time. Ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? Take a small step towards it and break down those big goals. Like all of those are so simple and yet easier said than done many times. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to challenge it instead of just find out. And um, I like, I always reference like with clients, I'll call that exposure therapy, like go prove to yourself what might happen if you tried that, right? Like, cause you're, it's not going to, and so um, I really just appreciate that this, this message keeps coming through is like evolve as you go. Oh, and you mentioned like clarity comes with that action. And I was in, I've been interested in like, what have you personally had to like give up or release in order to be able to take those next steps? Give up was um, perfection. 
you know, and release was, um, we all as grownups have this thought that if we try something once and it doesn't work, you throw it away. (laughs) And and this is a principle I actually learned from my stand-up mentors, where one of my stand-up teachers, he said, um, if you try a joke once and it doesn't work, you don't throw the joke. You fine-tune it. You fine-tune the comedic timing, the delivery. You try it with a different audience. And if you've been on the 10th or 11th time and no one's laughing, maybe you got to give it up. And Seinfeld does this. He is such a world-renowned comic, and he still tests his jokes. I think his, I don't remember, it's like 100 times or something. I don't know. It's something really big. Uh, But he has it down to a science. No one's saying it has to be like that, but... I use some of those principles is that, you know, if I can do this and try it different ways, it'll resonate with people, right? An actionable example for me is, you know, when I first started doing the comedy pairings with the whiskey, they were not cohesive. It was, you know, here's a funny performance and here's the whiskey. And I realized that that doesn't help. Yeah. To make it cohesive, I started adding mnemonic devices into the performance and scripting them. You know, one that helped me take care of my improvisers and actors because they had a bit of a script to go on. Mm-hmm. And I and I also love creating characters. You know, I, I write character sketches. And so that allowed me to come up with characters, which is another passion. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, those were things that I learned like, oh, these seem disjointed let's put it together because I am called whiskey stories. So it took me six years to get to the part where I say, now look at whiskey stories, the whiskeys, each whiskey is like an act in a play mm. and there's four whiskeys. So there's four acts and together they tell you a story, you know, and that's what I'm doing with it. You know, yeah. I want to make a reflection and speak directly to our listeners uh, because this is so valuable. I've experienced this and I'm experiencing it. And what you're saying is people cannot see your the vision in your head, right? And like you said, we kind of discovered as we go as well, but that cohesiveness for me two years ago, like I was building my business and I could see all these things and it made sense to me and each individual thing was my passion But I went into four days of meditation and I heard connect the dots and that it made sense to me because like, again, people can't see it the way I see it. It didn't make sense to them. And like you said, here's whiskey, here's my standup, here's my identity, here's who I am, here's what I've been through. But how do I marry all of those to, to come together and to make sense and to be funny and be entertaining and be memorable. And I just think that's so beautiful. And so and and again, the one of the main reasons I was so excited to have you on the podcast is because you have such a like a niche uh, life lifestyle and career. And so, how does all of these principles apply to now being able to be the CEO, founder, owner of a company that's successful and and thriving? And um, yeah, again, marrying all of those together. That's a large question. (laughs) You know, I'll be completely transparent and vulnerable. I didn't go out setting to be the CEO, be the, you know, owner, founder of this company. I was at a crossroad where I felt I wanted to create something on my own. It started with saying the way corporate world is set up, it doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And I had spent a lot of time trying to fit in. 
and it just didn't work for me. And I, I've lived in a lot of countries and I've tried working in a lot of countries, you know, and trying the different types and it never worked for me. It would work for a little bit, but then I would start to feel like a fish out of water. You know, I would feel like I was having trouble breathing. Mm. So when I was in that situation, I started thinking to myself, are there people who are meant to have a different path? And is that okay? Yeah. I never allowed myself to think, is that okay? And, you know, that's where I started. So sometimes it's not like, I want to make a company. I have this, I have that. You get that as you become more authentically you. You can start off by saying, I just want to feel okay with who I am and sit in that energy consistently. Mm. rather than constantly sitting in the guilt of, oh, I should be like this or should be like that. Mm. A very simple example, I'm nocturnal. Mm. Me too. Keep going. (laughs) You know, and I, for most of my life, spent feeling guilty about not being like up and at them in the morning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whiskey stories make sense for me because, um, it's all in the evening (laughs) and stand-up comedy is on the evening, you know, so it makes sense for me. Um, And so I am able to be as productive as I need to be with this because I is just who I am and that's okay. You know? And so the first step is, is really as simple as finding a way to just be okay with who you are and, and celebrating that rather than, spending time feeling guilty for being maybe a little, maybe different, but also, you know, putting your own twist on it. Every answer gets better. I love interviewing. And yes, that was a large question and you answered it wonderfully because, <laughs> um, you know, I think more people spend time judging, critiquing and criticizing because they feel like they don't fit in. Right. We've, we've been raised in many senses in, in, in different parts of the world in different ways, but to, to fit into a certain identity, a societal norm, a certain title or role or expectation. And when we don't, I think that often we're, we spend more time relating to ourselves as a failure or disappointment than genuinely becoming curious and living out the inquiry of, who am I? I love that you said celebrating who you naturally are because I don't, I think that there's a large portion of the population who never arrives at that point, right? They don't even get to the inquiry or make it through that discovery. And so I think this is just so valuable because we're subtly laying out the steps of transformation to be able to own and love and celebrate mm-hmm. and share yourself and, and who you are. And I think that's Now, I think, I know that that's what stuck out to me when I heard you speak at the RISE retreat. It was just so profound. You're like, I, like, I'm not the norm and I'm okay with that. And it's allowed. And I'm going to live as myself, like, and I'm not going to let that become capped or limited or confined and just so inspiring. So I just want to, without a question, follow up is like, thank you for being who you are. And yeah, just thank you so much. Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. No problem. And, um, you know, I'm sure that there are a lot of women and we have men and women that listen, but, you know, I would love to hear a little bit more because if I'm not mistaken, I would kind of guess that whiskey is a bit of a man's world. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your um, experience in that? Um, it's been an interesting one. I think in some ways I was luckier than some because um, although it is a male dominated field, 
you know, 30% of volume comes from women in whiskey consumption. So there are a lot of women before me who have done things to pave the path. That said, you know, uh, being the first South Asian woman to open a whiskey company, it doesn't mean that I'm the first South Asian woman who's been drinking whiskey. But (laughs) at the very least, it allows women um, from whatever culture to think that maybe I can create something on my own, you know. Mm Um, because when you hear of whiskey stories, you, there is that one thought that, in all honesty, people think, wow, she just made this up all herself, you know, and that's okay, you know, you can do that. And that's the beauty of creating something of your own, you get to do that, right? So with stuff like that, um, when you're in a field that's male-dominated, there's a little bit of a comfort factor, right? So you ha- you may have a seat at the table, but they may not be ready to hear you speak. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was the difference in what I would do, you know. And, and I felt like in that world, while I was luckier than most, where I was respected and I still am, and a lot of those partners have now gone on to hire Whiskey Stories to train their brand ambassadors. So it's such an honor to do that, you know. That said, you know, there were times when I felt like, I think I'm going to have to go, I have a seat at the table, but I think I'm going to go, have to go away, create my own table, have these well thought out thoughts and then come back because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you know, for just from the function of not having been doing this as long as my, the male counterparts, it meant that I had to go away and create it and say, okay, this is what I can do, you know? And so that's one of the reasons I wanted to create something on my own is if I'm not getting that voice heard there, then maybe I have to get it heard somewhere else. And that's what I mean, like, you know, is, is it a stand-up comedy principle? Is It's the same principle. That joke wasn't working over there. So I took it out and I took it at a different place, fine-tuned it, and now it works because the same people also hire me to mm. become it, you know, and they see the vision. That's how I've done it in a male-dominated field. Yeah, it kind of goes right back to the beginning where it's complex and yet you have such finesse about it. So I just, again, want I'm, I'm just going to smother <laughs> you in acknowledgement this whole time. But then I think that we as women, we have naturally different qualities, right? And so it's not in our nature to compete, right? Like you actually shared a different strategy. You didn't plow your way through. You didn't get at the table and then pound your fist on it to be heard. You stepped away, sharpened your skills, honed that story, and then bring it back developed. And so what do you see as far as like sharing your voice and having your voice heard? Because even if you come back with a refined story, that doesn't always mean that those ears are ready and willing. So like, what do you see there as far as paving that path? If they're not ready and willing, you know, then the question to ask yourself is one, you've been in the energies of just being what makes you tick. So you're, Mm. you have a stronger foundation. Mm. So sometimes, you know, you have to step away from things that aren't working for you to at least be strong in that. Then you're in a better position to say, okay, well then maybe they're just not my market. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay because, you know, when you're in the trenches, Human beings are a function of their environment, right? And so the most basic example is marriage, where when people are surrounded by people who are married, they think, oh, I should get married too, even if they aren't ready for it. So we are a function of our environment. So sometimes you just have to change the environment. 
mm-hmm. and see that, you know? Um, and then when you go back and you're still not accepting, at least you are stronger in your own in your self, sense of self, then you're better equipped to decide, all right, well, then I guess this just isn't for me. Yeah. And this is for me. Yeah. You know, as it, as it turned out, when I fine-tuned all that and they saw some of that, they felt like, no, this is for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was sitting at the table in a different way, mm-hmm. not like I used to. Mm-hmm. Maybe they still wouldn't accept me in that, and that's okay. But what I learned about it is the way I was at the table wasn't how I wanted to be anyway. It was a data person. And while that comes to me strongly, maybe because I'm Indian and people think Indian numbers, you know, um, well, that's great. I'm a storyteller at heart and I use science, but I use it to tell stories and that's who I am. So that works. And they Mm -hmm. saw that as well and they appreciated it. So it could have just been the wrong seat at the table. Yeah, that's you know what a, what a beautiful answer. Um, I'm very related to what you're sharing. I grew up in the Midwest and I grew up as an athlete, like I fit into that identity. But as I grew, I realized like that's not very authentic for me. And so again, also too, not a nine to fiver. I am a nocturnal being. I am a creative soul and free spirit. And like that started to feel very round peg square hole in the Midwest. And so when I moved out to California, I had this whole other experience like, oh my gosh, there's like a million different lifestyles to be living, not just six. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was so profound to just see an example and a different choice and opportunity. And so I know that like something that was resonating for me is like the posture, right? Like your posture going back to the table. Me, when I I experience that, when I go back to the Midwest, I am not impacted by the things that I was impacted by before. I'm not affected. And I don't, I don't now mold backwards, right? Like I don't, Mm -hmm right to fit back in. I just show up as myself and that's fine. However, it yeah. is. and so the other aspect of that I heard was like alignment, uh, being in alignment with yourself and then recognizing what is or is out of alignment for you. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Really beautiful. And as we begin to um, wrap up, I just want to, again, thank you for bringing your whole heart here and, and what you do and, and your brilliance and insight. It's so amazing to just see another woman doing exactly what she wants to be up to and, and by way of like inch by inch discovering that, because I think that, you know, um, it's a little bit of an illusion in today's world that this stuff happens overnight. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to ask your perspective on that because I'm so present to your story and the way that you've constantly shown up for it to refine and define and that people sometimes I think like we were saying, get discouraged that it doesn't reveal itself quickly or smoothly. Yeah. And, and, you know, I believe be open for anything, right? There are people who've had overnight success. There are people who have suddenly had an Instagram following and they have suddenly they have a hundred thousand followers, you know, and then there are people who um, gradually find it. Now you I did, you know, raised my prices um, three times the amount that I was charging when I became full-time and I was better for it. So that did happen overnight, but then the other things didn't. They happened gradually, you know? Um, And that was, again, something that I realized that I was ready for, for with what I was offering, right? So there will be times when it's like that. So it's okay to just be in that and, you know, just play in that and see how it goes. 
I love it. And so where can people interact with Whiskey Stories? How can they interact with Whiskey Stories? Great question. I think the best way is just to go to our website. It's whiskeystories.rocks. And, um, you know, in that you can find us, you can find our events, our colognes. I also have a, a third tier to my business where I teach people how to invest in whiskey. It's a members club. They can find out more about that. And our Instagram is whiskey stories, you know, all those two. And our Instagram is where you can visually see the storytelling aspect of it because everything is done very deliberately the way it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like most whiskey tastings. It, it looks very different as well. And so with something like that, you know, you can contact us through those. You can find out how to attend an event, how to get our colognes. So those are the two easiest ways to get at us, you know, and our email is right there on those as well. So you can reach out to us as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And so um, what would you love to leave our listeners with? Wow, that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we've covered so many different things. Um, I think I'm going to go with, you know, because there's different types of listeners to podcasts now. I don't have children at home. I don't have, you know, I have fur babies Uh and they take my time, but you know, I'm not worried about whether they're going to go to college or not. And when you and I met through the Rise leadership, there was a lot of moms on there. Mm. And so I just want to take a moment to acknowledge those superheroes because Mm. that is hard. And I have a lot of respect for them when they're trying to create a business. They're not just living for themselves. They're living for these children that they're shaping their future. And especially with the pandemic, they're homeschooling, they're doing all these things, you know, and I saw that. We saw a lot of tears. We saw a lot of breakdowns, you know, and I had a lot of respect for these women because there's so much other stuff going on with them. So if a lot of your listeners today are moms, are living that life, you know, trying to live that life, I hope that that chaotic mess that I'm talking about resonates and say, you know, there can be beauty in it because you're in it and you of all people, moms, are doing it every day. You're creating magic with that family life. And so this is just another thing that's kind of like that. If you can look at your business as as your baby and kind of help it blossom and evolve because that child didn't evolve overnight and neither will this. That could be something that could be really beautiful. So hats off to all the moms listening and, you know, a lot of respect for you. Amen. Thank you for that. I'm sure I can imagine their their mother hearts are just beating a little bit faster right now. So thank you for that. Um, to me, that struck me. Your business is your baby. I call my books my babies. Like I, I imagine that you relate not only for babies, but also your business is like you're you're raising something, right? And so mm-hmm. so profound, so beautiful, such an impact. Um, whether it's mothers raising children who are going to impact the world or a business that's going to impact the world. We at Hearts Unleashed, we are turning dreamers into doers. And I know, <laughs> I know that you inspired some dreamers to become some doers today. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. I hope so. Yeah. And listeners, I hope you got exactly what you needed today. There was so much. You might need to listen to it twice. You might need to send it to a friend, whatever it is. Uh, be sure to reach out. Be sure to connect with Whiskey Stories and Rachna and make sure you let her know where you met her and heard from her and how much she inspired you. So thank you again for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. Mm-hmm.
Schultz for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.